We are on Sefer Malachim Beis, Perik Gimel, Pasuk Aleph, Yehoram ben Achav Malacha Yisrael B'Shomro. So just to set the stage, you will recall that the first Pasuk in Malachim Beis was a just isolated pasuk that says, Vayifsha Moab Yisrael Acharei Mos Achav. That Moab rebelled against Israel after the death of Achav, and it stops there. It doesn't give us what that means, what the details, what the response was. We're going to have it here in Perit Gimel. At the time, you will remember, a terrible curse had been placed on Ahab by Eliyahu, that he would die, his progeny would all die, the house of Ahab would be totally destroyed. Then, when he does a certain degree of tshuva, the Kaddish Baruch Hu relents and allows Ahab to live a bit longer, but also not to have to witness in his lifetime the death of his children and of his dynasty. But now Achav has died. That's, we see that the beginning comes when Vayifsha Moab the Israel Achre Mos Achav. After he dies, Moab rebels. Moab was a vassal state of the kingdom of Israel that paid them enormous tribute and taxes. And so now it's going to begin to unravel this prophecy of, against Achav is now about to be fulfilled. So we begin Pasuk Aleph, the Yehoram ben Achav Molacha Yisrael. His son Yehoram is sitting on the throne, Bishomron, Shomron, the capital city. In the 18th year of his counterpart in uh, Judea, Yehoshaphat, and he rules Yehoram 12 years. Pasuk Beis, Vayase hara Hashem. He does evil in the eyes of the Kaddish Baruch Hu Yehoram, but rock loka of the Dikimo. He's not as evil as his father Achav or his mother Izebel. Vayosar es matzevas habal asher osa obiv. And what is his redeeming factor? He takes down all remnants of the Baal. The Baal was Achav's Avodazora of choice. And so what he does is remove all the statues, the icons, the temples. However, he still clings to those two golden calves that Yerubam set up and that caused B'nai Israel to sin uh, following him, and he doesn't deviate from that. That he leaves. But remember, Yerubam put those two golden calves up not as a form of Odazara. His real intention, as we've seen, was an alternative to attending the base Hamikdash. It was a, a, a runaway minion, as it were, because what he feared and what all the Malchai Yisrael after him fear is that a nostalgic return to Jerusalem 
for the three Regalim will kindle that kind of remembrance when the country was united, and they will ultimately go back to following um, base David. So that he keeps. It did, however, in all fairness, evolve into a form of Avodah but his intent was really an alternative to Jerusalem. Um, now, Mesha is Melech Moab, the king of Moab, Hoyonokade. It would mean he was a, a, a sheep herder in his real profession. Beheshev Lamelech Israel, and in tribute he gave to Melech Israel when they were conquered. Mea Elef Karim, 100,000 sheep. Mea Elef Elam Tzemer, 100,000 wool or 100,000 rams. Question is, and the portion of I'm sure, is this a yearly tri- tribute because it's gigantic, or is it a one-time pledge that's paid off, as it were, every year? But it is a sizable tribute. By he comes Achav. Now, when Achav dies, by Yifsha Melech Moab, the Melech Israel, he rebels. He rebels by not paying this tribute. And now you're going to see everything is placed into motion for the fulfillment of that prophecy that will destroy the house of Achor. By Yetzeh HaMelech Yehoram, by Yom HaHumi Shomron, he goes out of Shomron to engage um, Mesha of Moab in war. By Yifkod Eskol Yisrael, he gathers his army from all Yisrael. By Yelech, by Yishalach, and Yehoshaphat, Melech Yehuda, and he goes to his counterpart, of Melech Yehoshaphat. We've seen this before. Uh, by the way, they are uncle and nephew. Yehoshaphat's the uncle. And Yehoshaphat, we know, is a unanimously viewed tzaddik. He was one of the righteous kings of Israel. And he sends to Lemar Melech Moab Pashabi. Hatalechi Tiel Moab Lemilchama. Will you go up and join me against Moab in war? By Yomer. And he answers him, Yehoshaphat. An extravagant pledge of allegiance. You are like me, I am like you, my nation's like your nation, my horses, my armaments are yours. Now we have seen this before, specifically when Amatyahu, uh, who is Achav's son, goes to war against Hadad. Um, I'm sorry, it's Acha that is going to war to reclaim Ramot Gilad. And he asks his help. They too are brother-in-laws as well. And he answers him in the same lavish, enthusiastic phrase. Yes, and, and that was a disaster. For Yehoshaphat. Achav is killed, as you will remember, when a stray arrow fired pierces through the slits in his armor and kills him. Yehoshaphat is almost killed when he's mistaken for Achav because he's wearing full kingly outfit, but then praying to Kaddish Baruch Hu, he is saved. They see the mistaken identity and release him. And the Mephorshim are unanimous in condemning him for going up with that Russia Achav in the first place. 
Then he enters into a commercial treaty with Ahab, where they're going to have a, a maritime empire like Shlomo had with boats sailing back and forth in the Mediterranean for gold, and that founders on the rocks. And then they ask him, does he want to try again? And he says, no thanks, and gets out of there. So what is he doing here? Hasn't he learned from that first experience? And the only parish that makes sense is that he is fearful, Yehoshua, <coughs> that Moab is going to go after him too. They are now free and independent. They're now taking on Israel. The next step is they're going to take Yehuda. So it's a, an alliance of self-protection. That makes possible sense. Um, so now, Vayomer Ezehaderech Nala, which way should we go, is what is asked uh, to Yehoshaphat by Yehoram. What's the best way, the strategic way to get Moab? Vayomer Derech Midbar Adom. And he advises him not to go directly into Edom, which I believe would be from the north, uh, did I say Edom? I meant Moab. But then rather go around through Edom's territory and take it from the east is a much more tactically strategic way. Now the king of Edom joins them. It's a triumvirate, a strange alliance of kings. Uh, and it's a traversing parts of the desert for seven days. What is the motivation of Melech Edom to join them? Fortune say there that his son, and we're going to see the implications later, his Bechorah son has been captured by the king of Moab, so he has a vital strategic interest. But so that he travels seven days in the intense heat of the desert, they are out of water. No water for their soldiers, for their animals, etc. Now Yehoshaphat says, uh, no, I'm sorry, Melech Yisrael would be Yehoram. And this is interesting. Has the Kodesh Baruch Hu indeed gathered all the three kings just to turn them over in the hands of Moab? And it is interesting that he's the idolater in the group and he's the one that's bringing up the fear that Hashem may have engineered this to destroy the three of them. And now by Yomer Yehoshaphat, so is there not a Navi literally in the neighborhood that we can ask? And remember, he was the one that did this in that last Ahab invasion of Ramat Gilad. Said, where is there a Navi after listening to the 400 Navier Sheker that says, don't worry, everything's going to be fine. He wants to see a real Navi. And he repeats the request here. The same question here is, the the um, you know the, the use of the the Kohen Agadol the Urim Batumin like like what was the relationship between Elisha Kohen Agadol the Urim Batumin or they is 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 the kingdom of Israel outside of they they would be outside of the Urim Batumin would be in Yerushalayim yeah, would yeah. Be. but still. Um, 
Elisha would be the one, not replacing Miriam Mitzvah, but Elisha would be the one who um, would lead them into war, give them the blessing into war. So, Vayan Echad Me'avde Melech Yisrael. Notice, Yehoram doesn't answer his question. Yes, there is a Navi Elisha, his Eved. The slave says, uh, yes, Vayomer Po Elisha Ben Shabbat, right in the neighborhood, happens to be Elisha. Not that he's a miracle worker or a diviner or a seer, but he poured the water on the hands of Eliyahu. He was Mishamesh Eliyahu. From this, the Gemara in Brachos gets the halacha that it is better to be a Mishamesh of a Rav, of a Talmud Chacham, or his equal, than learning the Torah yourself. Because in being a, a mishamesh to a gadol like Yahushua was to Moshe, you internalize his action by observing his behavior, the way he eats, the way he talks, the way he carries himself, you will internalize those values. And that's how important it is. And that's what Elisha uh, was doing to Eliyahu. By Yomer Yehoshaphat, Yesho Sodvar Hashem, Let's get, he is the man of God. By love Melech Yisrael, the Yehoshaphat, Umelech Adom. This unlikely triumvirate goes to Elisha, and they add that they were absolutely respectful. They dismount from their chariots, they bow before him, they treat him with absolute respect. By Yomer Elisha, Melech Yisrael, Mali he sees Yehoram. He says, what are you doing here? What do you and I have anything with each other? Go to your father's nabi, go to your mother's nabi. And Yehoram answers him, Now, not the time to, we are threatened. We have come to you. We are in danger of being conquered by Moab. So put this aside if you can. Oath to the Kaddish Baruch Hu, Asher Amati Lepanov, that I stand before him, Ki Imlulei Penei Yehoshaphat Melech Yehuda, if it were not here for the presence of Yehoshaphat, Aninosei, who I, the God, who I esteem, Imabiti Lecha, I wouldn't look at you, the Imerecha, I wouldn't cast a gaze upon you. From here we learn a phenomenal, interesting, Agarata uh, in Masechta Megillah, Adaf Chaf Ches Amud Beis. The Tamnaim are doing an exercise where they are being asked, "What do they attribute their longevity to?" And each one has a different, valuable instructional uh, mimar to teach. So one of them. Uh, Rebbe, Shaul Rebbe, Rebbe Yeshua ben Korcha, who obviously had many, many years, and he says, What do you attribute to your longevity? And he answers him, In all my days, I never looked straight into the face of a wicked person. You're forbidden to gaze at the face of a wicked person. And where do you think he takes his source? 
Lule Pinei Yehoshaphat Melech Yehuda If I didn't regard Yehoshaphat, I wouldn't even look at you. Uh, Rabbi Lezer adds that if one uh, if someone looks into a wicked person, his eyes dim and his muscle is uh, Yitzchak and Esau. In other words, he looks in and that's how he loses his eyesight. And um, one other Tana says, I never looked at a Kushite. Kushite here meaning an Oved Avodazara. Never in my life did I look at him and that's uh, contributed to my longevity. And um, we get this as a halacha. You do not look or gaze at an evil person. So, having made that statement clear, uh, Elisha, he says, I will not, you know, I will put this aside for them on, but if it weren't for Yoshafat, I wouldn't even look at you. Bata, now he gives them the remedy. Kahuli Minagin, it's a strange remedy. Get me one who plays music. And the menagin plays, it could be a harp, a lyre, and his ruach of Nevius returns. Uh, and Rashi says, why does he need a menagin? That because of his anger at seeing Yehoram, his ruach nevuah left him. Uh, Radak says it's a combination. Um, and he says that Amru miyom shistalek eleyahu rabo lo shorasa alav ruach nevuadayin. After he is in mourning, he is in deep mourning for Eliyahu, and the ruach nevuah has deserted him. And what you learn from this is the Radak says that the ruach hakodesh eino shruya ela mitoch simcha. Um, that the Ruach of Nevi'ah, certainly the Ruach of the Kodesh Baruch does not alight on a person if he's in anger, intense anger, as Eliyahu might have been from this confrontation, or in deep, excessive mourning, as Eliyahu uh, was the recipient from Elisha. So that once he has music, and we learn from this, that music can soothe the soul, even in a manner of, uh, of Kedusha. And that's what happens. And his Ruach Nebuah returns. Um, and he says, now, it's back. You see this desert, this flat desert, dig up ditches, trenches, holes, all over. Because thus saith the Lord, Lo siru ruach, you're not going to see a wind foretelling rain. Lo siru geshem, you're not going to see rain. And yet it will be filled with water. And the water will be so excessive you will have enough for your animals, your flocks, and yourselves. Moreover, says Elisha, this may seem like a tremendous miracle. And again, by the way, observe, Elisha doesn't ask the Kaddish Baruch Hu what he should do. 
Kaddish Baruch Hu seems to ratify what Elisha instructs. And he says, this is even, while it's a great miracle to you, this is nothing to the Kaddish Baruch Hu, because what he's going to follow up with, he's going to give Moab into your hands, the Kisim Kol Ir Mivchar, you will take every fortified city, the Kol Ir Mivchar, every large principal city, the Kol Eitz Tov, Tapilu. This is a controversial thing. You're going to fell every tree, the Kol that my name I am Sistomu. You're going to block every source of water, the Kol Hachalka Hatova to be in above nine, and everything that cannot be breached, you're going to breach it with. Catapults. By he baboker kalos mincha time in the morning mincha would be being sacrificed in the base hamikdash. The name mayim by miderech edom. The water is coming out from edom. Batimale aretz es hamayim. And now Moab sees this tremendous. Uh, they realized they let out a tremendous battle cry. They tie their armaments, they gird themselves by Yamdu al and they stand on the border, Moab facing down these three kings of Israel, Yerushalayim and Edom. The result. Tomorrow morning, 8.45 a.m.